Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I am so glad to be here. I do hope you guys had a great week. Mine wasn't too bad. We had lots of rain. Um, I was sick last week a bit. Um, and my wife was sick too. And I'm still kind of getting over my cough and uh, even my sinuses. So I don't know what I had. But it just I just wasn't feeling very great. However, you know, um, it's just part of life. Sometimes we get sick and we have to deal with it. Um, anyway, so speaking of last week, I had I really enjoyed the talk. I really like this idea of taking the armor to kind of a level to talk about things that affect the armor and how we can kind of deal with it. And this week, I wanted to talk about guarding your heart because last week we talked about the idea of your shield why it's important to resist the devil. And if you don't resist the devil, then your shields become weak. Your, your, you know, your faith is kind of broken down. You have doubt. You, you've allowed pride to be your shield. And now the enemy is going to start beginning to hit other areas of your faith, your walk. It doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't try for those other areas, but when your faith is not very strong, and I'm not talking about like when you hear like in TV preachers, they talk about, oh, all you need is just more faith and things will just happen or you'll be healed. You'll make lots of money or things, you know, your debt will go away. It's, that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about building up your faith, I'm talking about you're spending time in God's word. You are praying. You are living out his truth. You are obeying. You are listening to the Holy Spirit. You are aware of people. You're loving uh, people like Christ would love them, not like how the world's telling us how we need to love people. You are focused on doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're taking care of your family. You're leading them. You're doing your best to walk godly and walk in righteousness. Which is why this week we're talking about like the area of the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, which is why I want to call it guard your heart. Now, the one thing we have learned is when we're talking about the heart, we're not talking about the physical heart, we're talking about the spiritual heart. And righteousness is bound to the understanding of that spiritual heart. You see, righteousness is the understanding of God's moral nature and understanding of holiness and understanding that no sin stand before that. You see, we, we will always find ourselves in a situation when our faith has basically become non-existent, weak, or that the doubts are starting to kind of creep in and control the way we think God is supposed to be for us, how, how his word is supposed to be. So we start allowing that shield to kind of be transformed into more of a pride situation. Because when we don't have faith in God, we start having faith in ourselves, which then we start having faith in things that fulfill us and we think are better or like we've talked about before, if you're angry, hurt, and, and resentment, we build that pride because we don't want to be, basically, we don't want to be healed. We don't want to be changed. We don't want to fall away from what has happened to us. Our identity gets placed into those areas. But we'll tell you this. 
the enemy really likes working on our spiritual hearts. Not just our minds and how we perceive like the helmet of salvation, the understanding of salvation, but the place that is easier to, or not say easier, but the area that they really try to destroy is our breastplate of righteousness, our heart, our spiritual heart. Because that is where we have to have a better understanding of what it means to walk in righteousness. Because then the questions start coming when we start getting that doubt kind of starts coming in. We start kind of opening ourselves to more of the culture of the world. We start thinking to ourselves, you know, where do you start thinking to yourself, how far is too far? And I hear people say, you know, how far is too far? How far can I go that won't cross the line with God? Now we, is there a line somewhere that we suddenly we, we follow that there's there's a line that God said, hey, you know, you can go as far as you want with the world as long as you don't cross there. Now, other questions start coming. Did God really mean that by which he states in Scripture? You know, maybe we're just misinterpreting. Maybe we're just we've created our own definition. Maybe, you know, as, as a lot of our culture points out, maybe the white Christian culture has created these ideologies of scripture and we need to rewrite the ideas because all of these are just white man's views. Or maybe I'm being too strict about scripture. Maybe I'm holding too strong on it. I need to, you know, loosen up or to lighten up and not be so strict about what God says. You see, this is what happens when you start removing the understanding of righteousness from your heart. These questions start becoming more acceptable. And we can go for days thinking about all these different questions because there's a lot of them out there. But there's something missing if you're actually asking questions that are answered already in Scripture but you're doubting the scripture because maybe the interpretation wasn't really said correctly. I will say doubt always seems to enter through the heart of our standard of righteousness. Because God already has a standard. He has a moral standard. But doubt allows us to kind of create our own, which then we start rethinking everything that we were taught. We start to question whether it's man-made or, or is it really God? Because God's moral nature is holiness. No sin, which means he understands love and he understands justice and he understands what is considered to be perfect. You know, I often use the phrase God's moral law because in today's standard, in today's world, today's culture, the statement is, and I've heard a friend actually say this, I follow the law, but also if the law changes, then I'll follow the law too. 
So in other words, if it's right now it's wrong to kill somebody, you can go to jail or, you know, you could die for it. But if the law were to say, oh, it's okay every, you know, third Thursday, you know, you can murder up to three people and the law says so, that means they will follow that law too. And with that mindset, there is no moral foundation. But with God, there is a moral law that's absolute. God said, murder is wrong. He even says, hating your brother is just like murder. So he didn't change the standard. He didn't make a new law. He's showing that how anger, rage, and resentment not taken care of to the point where you're hating someone. Hating someone is wishing them dead. Sin is sin. Doing wrong has stayed the same in God's eyes. Nothing has changed. Grace doesn't mean that suddenly now sin has less value to God's moral law. But the cool part is God provided a form of grace. This is why it's important for you and I to grow in our faith by walking with the Lord, doing God's word, obeying it, and not trying to compromise it to fit the world. Romans 4.20 is where we're going to go. Romans 4, 20 through 27. My son, give attention to my words. Means listening. Incline your ear to my sayings. Pay attention to what he's saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. It's interesting he wants you to listen, but then he doesn't want it from your eyes. Meaning that what you're hearing, you should be seeing and how you act and how you present yourself and how you speak and how you treat others, and how you walk. It says, keep them immense of your heart. Now, we, we've used in Proverbs 3 where you know, it talks about, you know, I put, put your word you know, on my chest. Well, it's talking about the heart and the spiritual mind, or the spiritual mindset of the heart. Keep them in your spiritual mind of the heart. Meaning, it should be what is filling your breastplate of righteousness. That's where righteousness concept is going to come from. Because you're having a better understanding of who God is. You're taking what you're hearing, or in, in many cases, reading. You're taking it in, and then you're living it by what you see. Because you're, you're living it out. So people, you know, when they see it, you're living it out. And now you're also supposed to keep it in your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Other versions use guard your heart. For out of it springs the issues of life. <clears throat> that verse itself tells you something you need to have repeated through your head for out of it spring the issues of life what you fill that heart will come out in your words come out in the what you want to see come out in what you think 
come out in how you handle things, how you treat people, your relationships, how you lead as a husband, how you lead as a father, how you lead at work. It will come out. Verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. In other words, keep straight. Because you remember in the Old, New Testament, it talks about how narrow or how straight and narrow the road is. How wide the other road is. Which means you can go left and right, right? Because it says right after in verse 26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. What does it mean by be established? Where are you establishing yourself? You're establishing yourself in God, his truth, in obedience. You're following. You're not wandering into other ideologies trying to make it fit more of what you want. You are actually literally establishing God's word as your foundation and following it. Verse 27, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your feet from evil. You're, you're still walking into areas in your life that it just keeps filling up your desire for sin. You need to stop doing that. You, if, you, if you need to, if you're struggling, especially because I know a lot of guys struggle with pornography, and there, any, anything triggers it, then you may need to like cancel all your streaming. You may need to cancel all of your uh, gaming. You may need to cancel any other reading hobbies like you know comic books or anime or mega. Now, anything that triggers that sin and desire to go after, you may have to literally cancel yourself from doing any of that stuff. No internet. Ah, no smartphone. And it may have to be for a time... But if anything is triggering you, that something needs to change. But that's that's just for sin. What about ideologies and other views that keep coming into the church and start trying to pull you away from what is considered the steady or established steadfast refuge foundation by which we stand on? It's not as easy to notice that this is in the way when it looks so good because it plays on the understanding of our truth. Because when we start focusing on everything and anything outside of God's moral law, the Bible, structure of his truth, we begin that process to compromise. It becomes easier to accept other ideologies or systems of view Versus fully standing on what God has to say. You know, we start thinking to ourselves, we start questioning the righteousness of God. I mean, that's the biggest thing I've been hearing more of is the questioning of the righteousness of God. God is holy. But if God is holy, how can a loving God truly punish sinners? Because you don't, if you're asking that question, you don't understand what holiness means. Holiness is without sin. So if you are with sin and you never accepted Christ as your savior, you can't be in his presence. This is why Moses, when he went up to in Mount Sinai, he wasn't allowed to look upon the Lord because if he did, he would die. It wasn't because 
God is just controlling is because holiness, holiness and sin can't be together. Now, if God is love, then he is accepting. Well, now we have to, we have a misunderstanding. Accepting does not mean you accept everything. I can accept my friend to come over to my house, but if he were to start cussing up a storm and causing issues with me and my wife, he's out. I don't just let him continue to act the way he wants because I'm just loving and that's being loving by just letting him act. We don't do that to our kids. At least we, we some of us don't. Your kid is misbehaving, you confront your child for, for the misbehavior. You don't let them continue it because you love them. See, this is where compromising is starting to come into us, the church, the ideologies that are being taught. There are a lot of Christians today who have compromised because they have created their version of what God should be. You know, well, God killed people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's all about love, 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 love. No, no. He didn't kill people for the heck of it. He killed people because they were in sin. And he punished them because the wages of sin is death. Grace has provided a way where not every single time we, we sin, we are condemned to death immediately. It allows us to ask for forgiveness, allows us to repent, allows us to work again back with the Lord and get our lives right. But God also provided that in the Old Testament. If we all remember what happened to David, because he repented of his sin. So in other words, he didn't continue in his sin and God accepted him because he loves him. No, David repented, but God still punished. There was a consequences for David's actions. Just like we will have consequences for our actions. They, they seem to create, as, as we call it now today in our you know, social media world, their personal settings. They have created what they think God's truth means. So they, they have had their preferences and they click off things they don't like, click on things they do like, and they add things to it to, to make it sound a little bit more spiritual or more what they think spiritual this should look like. And what the Christians should act like today. But in Romans 3.22-26, it states the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. There's nothing the same about what we're about to say after that. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus. I just had a little discussion with my friend yesterday. He said, you know, Jesus hung out with, you know, uh, sinners. You know, he had the tax collector, Matthew, and, you know, he still hung out with him and, and, and did stuff with him. I said, the difference between what you're saying and what actually happened is, Yes, Jesus did eat with sinners. He did hang out with sinners. But Matthew repented and became a follower. Those who followed Jesus, who truly followed Jesus, 
repented of their sin. In other words, they didn't continue to live the life they were living. They changed. Mary Magdalene, who was considered you know, a prostitute, she repented of her sin, no longer did it, and followed Jesus. And that's the key thing we're forgetting, that the idea of understanding righteousness is there's no sin involved in it. To be righteous means you're removing the sinful behavior, the nature, the thinking, the process, the, you know, we're following truth, not following ourselves. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace gift God, number, sorry, verse 25, to whom God put forward as a, basically, as the sacrifice, the propitiation by his blood, the, the ultimate sacrifice to be received by faith. He created a grace opportunity that his son being perfect, who knew sin, but did not sin, died on the cross rose again, defeating the consequence that we deserved. This, is, this was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Verse 26, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So we need to be grateful for what Christ did because it gives us the opportunity to seek out righteousness without having to bring a lamb or a cow of some type to sacrifice. Because if you notice that the word faith is spoken quite a bit, like we, we see the word faith a lot, received by faith, followed by faith. And if our shield is weakened or has become the shield of pride, which opens, opens us up, does it not? We cannot reach the righteousness that God is. We can't do it on our own. We are born into the sin nature, and we only deceive ourselves thinking we could do it on our own. That is why it's so important to understand that the faith is in what Christ did that we are able to actually resist the devil and also guard our hearts. So why would we leave our hearts so free to be attacked? Take a quick break. By the blood of Jesus, we have been covered and forgiven. We will find redemption in Christ. So why does this matter to us? Romans 8, 5 through 9. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. So if we're not following God, we're following the flesh. So what does it mean when people are supposedly following God, but they're allowing all this other stuff, ideologies, thinkings, processings, whatever you want to call it, into their walk. And they're living more about that because of their personal preference that they have created, but not the true scriptures. Can't be following God, so they must be following the flesh. 
But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So if we're focused on God and we're chasing after the Holy Spirit, we're, we're doing as he asks us in Scripture and we're in obedience, our minds, our hearts, our words, our thoughts, our actions, the way we treat people will show the Holy Spirit as the one we're following. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. When we put our minds on flesh, it leads to death. It, it's the process of death. And it could be the death of other people because you weren't willing to speak on truth. You've allowed people that you've known to continue to walk the path that they're going because they don't have to quote unquote know Jesus. They just need to be good people. Well, they just love people. Why do we need to confront them about their sin? And you're going to be leading them to death. But you have the mindset of the Spirit, as we're supposed to, will be about life and peace. And this peace does not mean nothing happens to anybody. It means that you understand that you're in a sinful world. God will give you peace through it. And you'll learn how to be able to stand firm, and you'll learn how to actually move forward. Verse 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. You notice it doesn't say the mind that is set on the flesh is partnered to God or is accepted by God. For it does not submit to God's law. If you notice that most people who struggle or battle to try to say, well, we need to reinterpret. We need to maybe rethink how the scriptures were written. We need to um, be more loving because Jesus was more loving. You notice most of them, they, they won't talk about the idea that things are wrong. So therefore we need to confront things that are wrong. They, they don't want to submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot because they don't want to, and they're not going to submit to God. They start creating their own version. Verse 8, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I know I've used this verse before, but it's very important. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You're not pleasing God because you're being more accepting and more open and more interpretive of the scriptures because you don't want to offend anyone. Pleasing God is in obedience to him, walking in righteousness, standing, you know, standing godly to live your life as you're supposed to, as God has asked you and intended you to do. Verse nine, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. A reference, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We accept Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the capability of understanding what it means to walk in righteousness. It also helps us to be more discernment about what we see or hear that doesn't line up with the scriptures. Because we are compromising what is righteous to fulfill the flesh. The standard of sin. Though we are not enslaved to sin, this is talking about believers, 
we still fall. We still have that temptation that could possibly happen and the choice to fall back into it. So we need to be careful how, on how polluted the heart may be that we have allowed to be. But the only way we can better understand that is we know the scriptures. That means reading scriptures. That means learning about the scriptures. But it also means obeying the scriptures and doing what it says. Listening to the Holy Spirit and not other people are trying to tell you, well, you just need to be more loving. You know, Christians just don't love people well enough. Well, I do believe that some Christians don't. But we have to be really careful what that actually means. What do they mean by being more? You see, this is why we have so many Christians open to newer, quote unquote, newer ideologies, newer methods of spiritualism that we're supposed to be chasing after. This is why people go after the social justice mindset and the progressive mindsets that are out there because we start creating our own version of what is considered a moral standard based on what we see and think, not based on the scriptures anymore. So if we have someone in our church who isn't following the scriptures, well, as long as they don't hurt anybody, as long as they aren't offending really anybody, we should just be accepting because if they, if they can learn how to love, if they can learn how to be, you know, a single mom because they were messing around with a boy, no, that's all that matters. No, you need to tell them that it was still wrong. You need to ask for forgiveness God, you need to you need to recognize that it was wrong. You, you need to recognize that you know two guys loving each other does not mean that that's godly and biblical. This is why they're pushing so hard to try to teach that I think is nineteen forty five or forty two doctrine ideology and trying to say all oh, the scriptures didn't say it this way, didn't mean it this way, and yet. When you look through scriptures alone, not considering the culture, not considering the so-called as they wanted you to think, the white Christian perspective, God not once asked anybody to marry the same gender. He did not once encourage anybody to change their sex. So what does that tell you? Is there a standard that's changed? Did the moral law suddenly get a new different type of law that we didn't see? No, that means someone is trying to change understanding because there's people that want to so badly be a part of something amazing, something different, something that changes, something that's historical, something that's in their minds what loving looks like. And judgment-free. God's already judged the world. We're supposed to be the ambassadors. In other words, telling people, hey, this is about to happen, but there is a way out, and his name is Jesus. 
I mean, we are so much in need to be recognized and noticed, to be a part of something big. I mean, just look at how our social media is run. How many likes do you got? How many followers do you have? How many people that you know are close to or connected to? And this, and this can only pretty much happen if, if you want to be noticed that way is by to be is is being more accepted by the culture by the people by the the world and less being not liked and not cared for by the world you see in first john 2 15 through 17 says this do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Whoever does the will of God abides forever. Guys, you guys need to read this. First John 2.15-17. through 17. Read it over to yourself. Don't, don't just hear it. Read it yourself. Do not love the world or the things in the world. That includes culture, ideologies, sins, things that the world would see as okay. You need to start going, did God say this is okay? If anyone loves the world, this is God's word. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father, of God, of the Bible, of the scriptures, of the truth, is not in him. I am not saying this. This is what is in this verse. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father of God, of the Bible, and the scriptures, is not in him. For all that is in the world, desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from God. It is from the world. So in other words, if you are following what the world says is okay, if you're following people who call themselves Christians and they're trying to convince you to be more accepted by the, by the world by being like A, B, C, D, F, G, this is why social justice gospel is not biblical. This is why progressive movement is not biblical. This is why the NAR pushing their spiritualism platform and, and trying to be more like God concept is not biblical. This is why the emergent church movement is not biblical. This is why anything outside the scripture is not biblical. Because they all lead to the desires of the flesh, desires of what you want with your own eyes, and desire of pride of living the life that you think we're supposed to be living, and it's not of God. Verse 17, and the world is passing away. So everything that we've been holding on to, trying to be more acceptable, loving, love is love, concept, just follow your heart, all of that is of the world, and eventually it's going to pass away. But anyone who loves God... Anyone who's willing to follow God, anyone who's willing to obey God, they will abide forever. 
This is the essence of understanding what it means to guard your heart, to walk in righteousness, to, to not allow the breastplate of righteousness to falter and fall. Because if you better understand the idea that there is the world's view, there is God's view, there is God's moral law, there is the world's moral law. And the worlds will change as law changes. We have seen it many times over. But God's law stays the same. This is why the verses on loving the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and even with all your strength, is so very important to understand. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandments are one, the first one, not the second one, not the third one, fourth, fifth one. It is the first one, and there's only two. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, then you're going to love God. And that includes obeying him. That includes following what he has asked of you, desiring his will for yourself, standing up for what needed to be stand, stood up for, you know, for truth and for the standards of God and not of man, and protecting and guarding your heart. Because you will be walking in righteousness because you're going to desire it. Even when you fail and fall, you're still going to desire to want to follow God. You're going to want to repent. You're going to want to change. You're going to want to change things in your life to help you to stay on track. You're going to want it. Is that if you do not love God first and obey him, then you cannot show the love to the world or your neighbor. You won't understand how to do it. But you also won't be fooled if you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to. You won't be fooled by what the world is saying. Hey, this is how you're supposed to be. First, you're supposed to be accepting. No, we're not supposed to be just accepting. Someone comes to my church and they're living a life that's not godly. They are more than welcome to walk into my church. But they're not going to be leaving with me accepting their sin where they're at. Because this is why you need to guard your heart. Because if you don't, you're going to be more acceptable on things that are not biblical. Because you don't want to look different. You don't want to have the one or two likes. You don't want to have only a few people subscribing to you. You don't want to be walking alone. You don't want to feel like, like you're not part of the group. We all struggle with this type of mindset. I've learned very much so that my friendships are going to be very small. I'm not going to have a lot of people running to me and being being true friends i'm gonna may have some people who may be a friend for a time and i may have a few people that will be part of my life for a time ultimately the road is gonna be very straight and very narrow and not a lot of people that are gonna be interested in hanging out with me this is why we need to guard our heart this is why we need to protect what is true, what is righteous, what is godly. 
Because if we don't, the armor is going to start changing on us and we're going to start seeing things differently and we're not going to be following God. We'll be following our own version. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless the guys that are listening, and even the gals that might be listening, that you would just uh, help them to really think on your word, to really know your word, spend time in your word, to grow in your word, and to protect their hearts. Allow them to understand if they keep feeding their heart with things that are not of you, they're going to be following the flesh. So give them direction. Snap them out of whatever it is is holding them hostage in these ideologies of the church and, and, and spiritual awakings that are supposed to be making things more spiritual for them. Allow them to see you and your word as the truth and the final foundation to look at you as the moral law, not trying to compromise to fit the world better. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You all have a great week, and I will see you next time. Bless.